Let the church say amen. amen. From the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. These are the words that you find there. Then the prophets... Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jodiak, and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time came to them Taniah, governor on this side of the river, and Shetabaznia, and their companion then said unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? Then said we unto them after this manner, What are the names of the men that are making this building? But the eye of that God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease. I'm going to stop right there. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews that they could not cause them to cease. Amen. I, I want, as we prepare to head toward our, our revival, I want to talk about the need for revival. Oh, we a couple of weeks away, but it's time to get ready for it now. The need for revival. I'll start out sharing with you another bit of my childhood. Northwestern School, I was noted by the teachers as one of the neatest writers in the school, and I like that. I like the fact that the teachers would brag because my writing was always neat. It was neat, and, and part of that was because my, my mama was, was preschool. Uh, back then, they didn't have 
those programs, but mama was preschool, so she'd already got me started and showed me how to make sure that I'm in the lines and everything, but I was just always carried away when the teacher would hold my paper up to everybody and say, y'all see how neat this is. He prints everything, look at it neatly in the lines. I, 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 I like that. Then I, was, then I noticed, though, that there was sometimes, most of the time she'd do it, but then sometimes she would get a little lax about complimenting me. <laughs> Turn my papers in, and she didn't say nothing. And I, I'd check it out, and I, I know I took my time and did it right, and I was waiting on her to say something, and she, she, she for a while, she just wouldn't, wouldn't compliment my paper. I'm wondering what's going on. So one day I got my paper back, and... She had written a little note on the top of it that says, Richard, sharpen your pencil. Sharpen your pencil. And, and then I realized that the problem was, over time, my pencil got dull. And the strange part about it is, I don't know when it got dull. I don't, I can't remember the time. All I did was write with it. It wasn't a while, it would fall off my desk on the floor and stuff like that, but I had not noticed. But the truth of the matter is, my pencil over time became dull. And my work, although I was working hard, it just didn't come up to look like it should have looked. All because over time my pencil had gotten dull and I didn't have sense enough to go sharpen it. So the lesson that I learned is that every now and then, every now and then, it really doesn't matter what you think or how much you're going, your pencil needs sharpening. Let me say it another way. Your pencil needs reviving. I'm going somewhere. From time to time, you need to check your pencil out and make sure that it's still sharp. Needs re reviving. You all remember the last time we were in the book of Ezra, I was sharing with, with you about how when the children of Israel came back to their homeland, they came back with orders to build the temple, but they met opposition. You all remember that? Seemed like it had been a while. Seemed like it's been so long since I've seen you all. But anyway, uh, but anyway, they, they, when they met, opposition when they, when they got back. We, we studied how the people of God were returning to their homeland with not just permission, but they had orders from the king to go back home now and rebuild the temple. Now, now brothers and sisters, if we just take that on its face, it seems like the king somehow was sympathetic, and the king wanted the, 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 the temple to be rebuilt. But the truth of the matter is God was using the king. Are y'all hearing this? Y'all remember me telling you that the hand of God takes, the, that God has control over the heart of the king? God was working with this king, and so God himself had taken charge of the king's heart, and now the king is issuing decrees. Chapter 1, verse 2, thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia. <clears throat> The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdom of the earth, and he has charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. 
the king thought he was building the house. And what he didn't realize is that the people of God were already under order to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. The real truth is that the 70 years of bondage were over. The 70 they, they had been there 70 years. The time was over. And God now is getting ready to keep his promise. He's going to send them back to Jerusalem. And he's going to allow them to restore the temple that had been torn down. They were going to go back. They were going to restore the temple. They were going to rebuild the wall. So King Cyrus charged God's people to return to their home. Uh, yeah, go to the homeland and build the house of the Lord. So there was excitement. There was excitement. The people were excited. We've been enslaved for 70 years, and now they're going to let us go back home and rebuild our temple. They were exciting. Look at chapter 1, verse 5. says that God raised their spirit. Been in slavery all this time. Been in bondage. 1 and 5 says God raised their spirit and their hands were strengthened. They were ready to work. Been in bondage all of this time and now we're going back home to rebuild our temple. Their spirits are raised. They, 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 they got strength in their hands and they left. They left. They were, they were given when they left the, the Babylon. They were given silver and gold. They were given all kinds of precious things to get the work done. They even gave them beasts and whatever animals they needed to, to work with them. They gave them all. And matter of fact, God moved on the king's heart. And the king says, you know, when they, when they came in and invaded your land, they took all of this gold and stuff out of your temple. Here it is. Take it back and put it back in the temple. When you get it built, you take these things, put them back in the house of God. Look at these people. Look at these people. They're on fire. They're on fire. They're trusting God again. They are, they're, they're, they're on fire. God has come through. They're trusting him again. A new commitment to worship him. A new commitment to obey God's every command. Look at them on that way back home. They're happy. Slavery is over. They get back. They waste no time getting started. When they get back, they're still excited. They, 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 they still feel good about what God is doing. Can't you see them? My brothers and sisters, uh, they get back and, 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 and they, have, they got made up minds. We know God is not playing this time. Yeah, we messed up the first time. We, 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 we didn't do what God says, but we done learned our lesson. Uh, we are not playing with God and he ain't playing with us. We're going to get it right this time. So here they are. They go back home. They are on fire. They are on fire. He has brought them out and he's given them another chance. I can almost hear them when they are marching back home, singing on their journey home. You know what? I shall not. I shall not be moved. I can hear them singing all the way back home. I can hear them just joining in and singing, looking at each other, giving each other high fives, saying, I ain't going to let nobody. Turn me around. Just, just excited. Excited about what the Lord is doing. But when they got back, when they got back, the land that they used to live on before they got exiled had been inhabited while they were gone. You know, while they were gone, you know, it wasn't like people just let the land. Yeah, Judah had also been invaded, and, and, and the Assyrians had invaded that kingdom. And what they did, their warfare was a little different. What they did, 
they came in and they took some of the people away, but they left some there and just intermarried them. Just intermarried them with, with the Assyrians. They, see, that was the, the land of Samaria. They just sort of intermarried. They figured, well, if we intermarry with them, they won't fight us. <laughs> they, you know, all, you know, we kin folk. We got blood. <laughs> so, so we're intermarried. And that, that, was, that was the beginning. And this ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but let me teach you a minute. That was the beginning of this place they call Samaria. You remember that, that woman at the well that, that, that Jesus asked for water? She says, why are you asking me for water? <laughs> Don't you know we don't have no, that was the beginning of that crowd, them, that mixed breed folk. And, and, and so they, they had sort of moved in on the land and they were living there. And, and, and when they got back, they, they were going to go back, begin to build their, 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 their temple, getting everything together. And, and, and all at once they realized that these people are not with us. Y'all hear me? You remember the people who, 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 yeah, they watched them. They, yeah, they were watching them. They came back and they started building on the foundation. These people are watching to see what they're doing. What, what are they doing out here? They, they finished the foundation. And y'all remember the other week I told you after they finished the foundation, they decided they wanted to join in and help with them, help them, you know. Uh, why don't y'all let us help y'all? Let us help y'all. And the, really, they didn't really want to help. They, they really wanted to infiltrate. They wanted to get in. And uh, just, just, just sort of slow the work down. That's really what they wanted to do. But they said, let us join in. Let's, let's join our efforts. And we can, yeah, they really wanted to deceive them and, and stop the work. But the people of God said, no, we don't need your help. <laughs> we, we, we don't need you. We don't need your help. God has given us a command. We'll not let them come in there. And then when that didn't work, they tried to start discouraging them. They start just saying stuff. You know, just, just put little rumors out and trying to just say that didn't work. That didn't work. Then they began to try to use fear and intimidation to try to get them to stop building on the temple. Chapter 4, verse 5 says that these folk even went so far as the high counselors. They, they had counselors against them. Yeah, 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 lawyers to try to try to frustrate the purpose and try to frustrate them and, and, and so that they would stop building on the temple. They started writing letters to King Cyrus and wanting to know uh, and telling lies on them, saying that King Cyrus, they're over here building this temple and they're plotting against you. You see how the devil works? Here they are. They come back. They're on fire, ready to go to work, and these people are just wearing them down. People are just sending letters accusing them of planning rebellion. So eventually they just kept on hammering at them and working on them and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Eventually the work stopped. They just stopped, just gave it up. People got discouraged and it looked like the devil had won. For 16 years, Nobody did anything. The foundation laying there finished. Nobody did any work on the building for 16 years. The building program that God had inspired and cleared the way for now has come to a halt. Nobody doing anything. And, and let me submit to you, let me submit to you that 
while they were doing nothing for these 16 years, that was probably 16 peaceful years. Probably those 16 years were, were, were peaceful. They, there probably wasn't no fighting or anything in those 16 years. They, they had stopped the work. So the folk had stopped pestering them. They stopped working, so the folk had stopped complaining. I, I imagine those were some pretty peaceful years, 16 years not working. It's amazing how friendly and how cordial people can be if they're going to get you to abandon your mission. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's amazing how, how cordial and how kind people can be to you once they got you going their way. Once they stop you from fulfilling your purpose, now all at once they become your best friends. I imagine these were some period, these were periods of peace. 16 years, no progress, no progress on God's building for 16 years. Total abandon of the will of God for 16 years. They had allowed the world around them to wear them down. They weren't sharp anymore. They had allowed the world around them to wear them down and completely throw them off of their mission. What do you do? When you no longer have the drive that you used to have. What do you do when that fire that used to burn within you is no longer burning? You, you want to be used by God, but you just don't have the drive to keep fighting folk to do it. Came in blazing like a fire. Came in excited, wanted to be a part of every organization in the church. Came in every time the door opened, you were right there. Came in blazing, but then folks started lying on you. Came in on Hallelujah Fire. And, and you yeah, thought that you, people around, children of God, thought people around you were going to encourage you. But rather than encouraging you, they start saying little discouraging things. Looking for people to pat you on the back. Instead of patting you on the back, they're scheming and trying to throw you off track. Was on fire, ready to go to work for the Lord, ready to build something for the Lord. But now, folk running to the pastor trying to get you in trouble. On fire, ready to go to work. But somebody always going to pull you off and say, baby, we ain't ever done it like that before. And before you know anything, before you know anything, all your get up and go, you got it. All your get up and go done got up and went. You're burned out, still committed, still believe God will finish what he started, but just don't feel like getting involved. Just, just, just tired and wow. 
Here's the statement that pastors hear. All pastors hear this statement. Uh, uh, people come to the pastor all the time. This is a pastor. My ear pastor heard this statement. Pastor, uh, I want you to know I'm still with you. It ain't you. <laughs> Every pastor's heard that. Pastor, I'm, I want you to know I'm still with you. It ain't you. But I, I just need to sit down for a minute. I, I, it ain't you. But I, I just need to sit down for a while. And it's amazing to me. Hellish folk don't ever say that. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear me. I say hellish folk don't ever say that. <laughs> folk who raise hell and keep stuff going, they don't ever come to me and say, Pastor, I think I'll sit down a while. <laughs> it ain't you. I just think I'll sit. They don't ever say that. But it's always those who are ready to work, those who are working for the Lord, who will come and say, Pastor, it ain't you. And whenever they say that, I know something about to happen, you know. I just think I just need to sit down, sit down for a while. But here it is, here it is, here it is. The people of God had been worn down. They'd been worn down. The work on the temple had stopped, and it looked like the fire had gone out, and they had lost their fervor for doing what God had commanded them to do. Then we come to the text, chapter 5. These two preachers show up. <laughs> yeah. Haggai and Zechariah, these two preachers show up. The people have given up. They just don't want to do it no more. But these two preachers show up in town. And according to the text, they started preaching. Started prophesying. They, they came in town, started prophesying and, yeah, to the Jews and to Judah and to Jerusalem. And, and, and listen to what they were doing. They were prophesying in the name of the God of Israel. We, we are down. We are out. We are sitting around. Woe is me. But these preachers show up and start preaching. Somebody say revival. These preachers show up and they start preaching. They began to preach the word of God. They remind them of the God of Israel. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, that's all you need is to be reminded who you're working for. You, are you hearing me? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes all you need to do is just refocus and, and, and really figure out who it is you're working for. Now, if you're working with some of these folk, then you can listen to some of these folk. But I don't know about you. I'm working for the Lord. I, yeah, and, and if, you're, if you're working for the Lord, then, then, then when the word of God is preached, it refocuses you on what your real mission is. Somebody say revival. Don't, don't, don't have time to go into a whole lot of details about these two preachers. Don't have, yeah, you, you read their books. Haggai, he's got a book. Zechariah got a book. Read the book. Haggai, Haggai was a plain, no sense, no nonsense kind of preacher. He knew the God, word of God. He knew what God had promised uh, and did not mind preaching what thus said God. Are y'all hearing me? Zachariah was sort of a visionary. He was sort of deep. He, he talked visions and stuff. You almost had to have an interpreter with him. But he was bringing the people back to God. According to the word of God, according to the word of God, these two preachers came preaching so powerfully that the people of God had their spirits renewed. They came right at the right time. 
when the people had sit down for 16 years and stopped working for 16, this didn't feel like they could do it. But they came in right in the right time and began to preach and their spirits was renewed. And guess what? They went back to work. They went back to work on the temple. Somebody say revival. Went back to work on the temple. So chapter 5, verse 2 says that when they started working again, now, again, now 16 years of peace, nobody bothered them, nothing. But when they started back to work, chapter 5, verse 2 says, now here come another crowd of folk. They get back to work, start the work, and now the leaders rose up. Government officials show up on the job site. The job has started again. Work has started again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and get this now. And I want you to see this line, chapter 5, verse 2. In verse 2, get this. It says that the people had gone to work, and don't miss the last line. It says, and the prophets helped them. <laughs> that in your book? So it wasn't like they came in preaching and say, y'all go to work. <laughs> they, they preached to them and, and got them inspired, and then they went out and worked with them. That ain't going to cost you nothing. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Now, <laughs> revival had broken out. Revival had broken out, and the people were refreshed. The people were renewed. They went back to work. Yeah, and, and that's what revival would do. Revival will get you up. I'm trying to help somebody here. Revival will get you up off your stool of do nothing and put you back to work. Revival handled just like, just right, will put the spirit back in you and cause you to want to go back to work. But not only will it get you up, not only will it get you up and put you back to work. Revival, right here from the text, it will give you staying power. Somebody say revival. Revival will give you stand power. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says that they are revived and they go back to work. They go back to work. Verse 4 says that, yeah, this time, this time, it wasn't the people in the community this time. This time it was government officials. King, one of the kings from one of the province, government officials showed up snooping around the job site. Snoop around and finally went to the people. They are building, look like they're making some progress. And can't you see them going to them? And yeah, in, in essence, what they say, uh, let me see your building permit. Who gives you the authority to be building on this building? Who, who gives you the authority to be building? Let me see your building permit. And then not only do I want to see your building permit, give me the names of all these folk working around here. You know, they're trying to scare folk off now. You folks are asking for your name. You ready to go again? Yeah. Give me the names of all these folk working around here. Now, y'all, you hear me? The government done got involved. Now, let me see your green card. <laughs> make sure that you ain't illegal. Let me see. Let me make sure you didn't come in here from Mexico or somewhere. Y'all, you hear me? Let me see. that. that now, this is the government coming in and trying to. Stop the word. But after the revival, they've been, they, they've been through revival, though. And verse 5 says, but the eye of God 
was upon the elders and the Jews that they could not cause them to cease. Is that in your book? I tell you, God's word will give you staying power. Revival will give you staying power. Yeah, yeah, here they come with all of that stuff, and no matter what they threw at them because they had been revived, nothing they say could cause them to cease what they were doing. Somebody say revival. You see, my brothers and sisters, I'm almost through. Revival will set a fight in you that nobody can put out. Revival will give you new strength. Revival will give you a new determination. Revival will put you back in the race. And it puts you back in with a new determination that I shown up. I ain't going to let nobody turn me around. We, I, 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 I decided this week to get us started toward revival. We're, we're on our way to revival. Week after next, we're going to be in revival. And I, I, I want to begin today, start now. I've already started praying, but I want to start getting us prepared for the blessing that's coming our way. This, this is a wonderful time in the life of Salem. It's a wonderful time in the life of Salem. God is doing great and wonderful things. But over time, if you're wearing down, revival time is for you. Somebody say revival. I want us to prepare ourselves for the blessings that are coming our way. In preparation for this blessing, let me tell you what we're going to do. I'm still preaching. In preparation for what we are going to do this coming Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 6 o'clock in the morning, we're going to open the church up and we're going to be here praying. We're going to be here praying for revival. One hour. One hour from 6 to 7. I know you got to go to work. I know I got, don't, don't lose your job over this. Just pray on the way to work. But if you can, stop by here on your way. You may not be able to stay the whole hour, but if you can just come through. Let's join together in prayer. It's time for revival. And revivals don't just happen. Revivals, we have to look forward. We have to plan for revivals. I want us Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one hour from seven, what did I say? From six to seven. From six to seven, we're going to be here. We're going to come together. We're going to pray for one hour. We want to pray for one hour that the Lord will send revival. And we want that revival to begin in us. We're preparing for revival time. We need reviving. Whether you realize it or not, like I told you, my pencil went dull, and I don't know when it went dull. And we're like that in our work. We don't, we, it, it, go, it goes dull, and we don't even know it went dull. We think we're doing all of that, and the truth of the matter is our work is not as sharp as it has been. We need revival so that it won't just be a song on our lips. It will be a request from our hearts so that when we stand, when we sing the hymn, we're not just trying to impress somebody with our voice. When we sing, we praise thee, O God, 
for the son of thy love. And here it is right here. For Jesus who died. Y'all know I had to get that. For Jesus who died and is now gone above. And then the refrain is hallelujah. That's the highest phrase. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. So that it ain't just a song. So that it becomes deep down in our hearts when we say all glory and praise to the lamb that was slain. Y'all do know that's what it's all about. It's about the lamb that was slain for you and for me. Laid in a borrowed tomb, but the grave couldn't hold him down. Got out from the grave with all power in his hand. All glory and praise to the lamb that was slain who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is as hard as I'm going to preach right here. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Revive us. Revive us again. I'll put that back up there for me. Amen. This time we, we're going to sing it. I want us to feel it. I want us to absorb it as we sing it.